You are listening to ACPN. Welcome to Rewind Cinema, the podcast where two friends go back in time and pick some movies and we watch them and we think about them and we, we, we stir them up in our brain and our brain's hearts and we, we write some notes and then we come sit down together once a week and review them for you, the listener. My name is Gabe Whitehurst. I'm your host for this episode. It's good to be back after a long week, after Thanksgiving and everything and blah, 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 turkey and, and stuffing and fat foods and and across from me is my friend and i hope he had a good one who, who am i interviewing with today yo adrian <laughs> it's sylvester <laughs> stallone everyone he's here in the apartment i have the law <laughs> well what? you're a log i have the law <laughs> <laughs> i have the law uh um, no no guys it's me matt yeah, it's i don't me. know if you knew <laughs> it's matt he he, he fooled me for a minute but then I realized it was him. Uh, Acclaimed director Sylvester <laughs> Stallone here. <laughs> yeah, so the reason uh, we'll, we'll get to the film reviewing today in, in just a minute, uh, but it, it does have Sly Stallone. Mm. Can I just say, I don't. why do they call him Sly Sylvester? Sly, is that a nickname for mm, Sylvester? I think it's like a nickname that, uh, how do I put this lightly, nerds have given him. Oh, you know, it's kind of oh. like an endearing term they have for him. I don't yeah. know if he goes by that. I don't don't put knows. don't put that lightly. Let's just say nerds gave it to him because <laughs> they aren't as cool as yeah, he is. Yeah, and they're not people. Exactly. And they, they have, <laughs> and no, they must be they have no value. Yeah. <laughs> we say this because we're nerds. I, I was playing Red Dead Redemption like before you came over. So I, as I was telling Matt, I was playing Donkey Kong <laughs> on my Nintendo Switch last night. So we're definitely. I nice. like how you said Nintendo Switch. Yeah, though. Nintendo Switch. Uh, thanks for joining us, Matt. Did we have a voicemail today or not? We do have a voicemail. Oh yes. Um, it's been pretty consistent. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I I don't I don't know who this could be from, but you I, don't know. No. You still don't know. Well, it could be from anyone. Every week, it could be from a different person. Why do you assume? You're right. Why do you assume it's going to be Dan? I don't know. I feel like he has a thing against many. He wants to get his voice out there, and I think we're giving him a platform. All right, cue it up. I, I want to because I don't. I don't think it is. Let's find out. Hey guys, it's it's Dan. Um, I was just sitting here realizing I, I don't. I don't ever ask you guys questions, uh, which I think would be good for your podcast you could you know answer questions from uh, people and you guys are doing that whole game show thing where you're like getting getting feedback from us and and maybe maybe you'd like you you maybe you maybe you'd like to give the feedback is what I'm saying and so I'm I'm sorry I'm sorry I wasn't considerate. So, uh, question of the day. Um, pickles. Do you like them? And if, if so, are you more like, 
do you like the whole the, the whole whole pickle the spear or or the um slices if you if you if you say slices specifying crinkle or 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 non crinkle slices i think is important keep up the good work guys uh, I was wrong. It was Dan <laughs> the whole you're time. You're always wrong. You're always Dan, wrong. it was Dan again. That's a great question, actually. That's a good. That's a. That's you a can, great question. You could do a whole podcast on. And pickles. I feel very passionately about this when I say that the only pickles worth their salt pun. <laughs> Wait, not pun. Vinegar. Wait. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Only pickles worth their salt are half sour pickles. What is a half sour compared to, say, a dill pickle? Okay, so a half sour typically implies some amount of artisanship. So it's it's not like a... Vlasic. It's not like a Vlasic, correct. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. You, you buy these typically somewhere in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere in Brooklyn, New York. That's right. But they... So, from my best understanding, and pickle experts, please correct me here. A half sour pickle is when you stop the process of pickling halfway through, and so it's still between a cucumber and a pickle. Ah, so it's like extra fresh. It crispy. has the bite and the yeah. freshness of a cucumber, but it has a little bit of peppery and vinegariness that you expect from a pickle, and they are incredible. And they're the only thing that are worth your time. I hate bread and butter. Mm. That's it. So uh, living in New York, Matt and I have exposure to many great pickles. And you could take a mm-hmm. pickle tour if you wanted to. You could. I, I don't think those exist, but we should probably... I've taken a pizza tour, which is cool, but I have not taken a pickle tour. But I'm saying we there's a there's a market that needs to be filled. Yeah. You and I need to have Matt and Gabe's pickle <laughs> I'm tours. Not, I'm not passionate enough about pickles to... <laughs> Matt and Gabe's pickle tickle tours. And we just go around and, oh, no. and, and, we, and we just taste different pickles across the city. <laughs> um... Uh, Dan, thanks for the question. I, I I do enjoy the dill pickle. I'm not a big fan of the spear. I actually spears suck. Now, if they're fresh and crispy, yes, you don't go buy Vlasic spears. They no. are just soggy and gross and disgusting. We have a bunch and, sitting in our fridge that my wife bought like two months ago. Well, that you just don't buy Vlasic pickles. Come on, like, no, no, she bought like organic brand. I don't know. They're still so, there though. You need to eat those, Sophie. The the best the best pickles you can buy at your average supermarket, let's say in Texas, right, where we don't have access to great pickles, is Clawson because they're sold yeah. they're, they're sold cold. Clawson's good. You buy the whole pickle. You buy a jar of dill pickles. They're really big, or you buy the mini dill pickles. Mm-hmm. Those are those are fine. But living in New York, we uh, yeah, you can go to a farmer's market. You can go to uh, literally, I think it's called Mister Pickle or the Pickle Guy. It's it's a fa- mm. it's a bi- he has like millions of pickles. Yeah. Hot, so many pickles, and he and he has pickled onions and carrots and yeah. everything. There's one in the decal market. Right? Yes, they're, they're so in New York. It's like a treasure trove. I do enjoy. Uh, I, I will say, if if you live in a, a state that's not New York City or an area that's not New York City, look Which for just f- most of the country. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> look for famous Daves. Mm-hmm. Hot, I think they're like hot and spicy pickles, and mm-hmm. they are the crinkle cut, as Dan mentioned. Okay. They're the slices. Okay. They're 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 spicy. They're flavorful. They're like bread and butter butter pickles, but with spice. They're really really good. Okay. Go for those too. Again, this is I'm speaking to ninety nine percent of the country here, <laughs> who doesn't live 
in Brooklyn and doesn't yeah. have access to great pickles. You've been to Katz's, right? Yes. They give you those plates of those are half they sour. Do. Ah. amazing. Yeah, it's, come to New York. We'll, yeah. we'll take you on our pickle tickle tour, and we'll have a great time. <laughs> I think we got to start a pickle podcast now. Yeah, we do. You know, we can pickle that. <laughs> I think any, I think the solution to any problem in life. Nice just, reference. Just pickle it. Yeah, we can of pickle course, that. Of course. So thanks for the question. Yeah, I do. I do enjoy pickles. Yeah. I, I enjoy bread and butter and dill. Mm. And uh, and I if if it's sliced, it has to be crinkle cut. No spears or the whole pickle. Yeah. All right. Well, we have our verdict. Yeah, we I do. Th- uh, thanks for calling in, uh, uh, Dan. Now, Matt, have you been watching anything recently? <clears throat> the the only thing that I've been watching, and I've started and haven't finished it. Um, again, we record these in advance, so I am current. I have been watching it as of the time it came out. <laughs> um, but it's the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, and it's a new Coen mm. Brothers kind of Netflix exclusive yeah. uh, film. And it's good. It's unique it's kind of a bunch of vignettes that loosely tie together so far different stories different stories in the wild west as it's kind of coming up which is very in tune with me playing red dead redemption i'm getting a lot of Mm. cowboy action right now yeah yeehaw um but (laughs) that was kind of weird but (laughs) but anyway you're the one who said you're getting a lot of cowboy action right now so i don't know what you're talking about i know what you're into sir (laughs) Anyway, um, yeah, the, I mean, the first vignette is incredible. It has, um, I am blanking on his name, but he has an O Brother Where Art Thou. Uh, Tim, Ta- Tim Cal- Timmy Tommy. Yeah, uh, what I is can't his remember name? his name. Um, what is his name? He's oh, a famous actor. Anyway, Gabe's yeah. going to look him up. Um, but he kind of, he plays Buster Scruggs, this kind of root and tootin' um, outlaw kind of guy that's very good with a gun and drinks a lot and has a lot of fun. Um, it's just a cool show. And it's unique. So if you have Netflix, check it out. Battle to Buster Scruggs. Tim Blake Nelson. Tim Blake Nelson. Man, I, lo- I love that guy. Oh, he's great. Oh, brother, where art thou? Was, oh. It's probably in my top ten. He's such a he's such a great uh, actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, it, maybe you can't answer this. Try to quickly, or, or not quickly, in in a few words. What do you think the theme of of this movie is? Is it about Ooh. death? Is there a lot of? Is it a meditation on death? Somebody dies in every scene that I've or vignette that I've watched so far. Okay, I need to watch so, it. It's incredibly violent in oh. true Coen Brothers fashion, um, but it's not necessarily graphically violent. You just see like, I think the most graphic graphic thing that I've seen so far is a uh, Native American scalping a Ooh. cowboy. But it's mm. not like they don't like show it up close. He kind of does it off to the side and. Yeah, but yeah, it's 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 a Coen Brothers movie. So speaking of westerns, nothing can be as graphic as Bone Tomahawk, which oh, I watched goodness. this year, yeah. and uh, so this should be fine. I should be able to take this. <laughs> I think you could probably stomach this. <laughs> I saw a man chopped in half with a tomahawk from the taint <laughs> to his head, and yeah. it was one of the most horrific things I've seen on film. Not so, the most violent thing on TV these days, I'll say that. Yeah. Um, well, this is great. I'm glad you have been watching it. I think tonight I'm packing to leave uh, mm. f- on, a, on a vacation, on a trip, so I'm going to turn something good on. Yeah. I haven't been able to sit down and watch. It's kind of something you could turn your brain off. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. Outside. It's the Coen brothers. I don't know if you can turn your brain off. Yeah, but it's not Fargo. No. Well, I'm, you know, I'm glad you said that, Matt. Uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Fargo, leads us into the film we're talking about today. You Ooh. wouldn't think it would, but the Coen brothers were actually offered to direct this movie. It would have been so much better. It would have been amazing and, <laughs> and weird that they directed it. They turned it down because they were doing Fargo, uh. Uh, which is interesting because one of the characters in this movie is named Fargo. 
And wow. we will get, yeah, I know, strange We're playing tie-ins. six degrees of Coen Brothers it, it, right now. It's really, really weird. But they, they denied uh, the chance to direct the 1995 sci-fi film Judge Dredd. Central, were the bullets recovered from the bodies of Bardis and Lily Hammond so DNA-coded? Yes, Judge Magruder. It could not be otherwise. And what was the result of the computer check of the DNA coding on those bullets? The DNA is a perfect match for Judge Joseph Dredd. Sorry! The evidence has been falsified! It's impossible! I never broke the law! I am the law! No case! You gotta believe me! You have to believe me! Say it! Your Honor, the prosecution rests. And dread I did watching this film. <laughs> dread I did. Uh, this film was directed by Danny Cannon. He's done a lot of TV, um, Gotham, CSI. Before this movie, he was actually kind of a hotshot director oh. coming off a film called The Young Americans with Harvey Keitel. Oh. It was actually pretty well received and, and did well. So people thought his star was rising. He did Judge Dredd. And then his star <laughs> and fell. Then his, and then his star wasn't rising. His star was not rising. And part of that was actually due to a uh, fun fact that I'll have for you later. So I'll tease that a little bit. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, the writers of this film feature William Wisher, who was uh, a writer on the Terminator films, and uh, Stephen D'Souza, big name in mm. terms of writing. The, one of the few, I think, writers to make over $2 billion. Um, in oh, terms wow. of screenplay writing, a lot of writers on this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, which well, is maybe yeah. maybe leads to why comic book <laughs> and regular book and you know screenplay all this stuff. So, but Stephen D'Souza is known for Die Hard, The Running Man, Beautiful. some pretty big action films. The actors in this: Sylvester Stallone, Rocky Rambo, of course, Rob Schneider, every <laughs> Adam Sandler film ever. <laughs> Um, such a weird <laughs> fit in this. Such film. a strange surprise. Yeah, we'll to get see in, we'll get into Rob him Schneider. More. I had no idea. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> the only reason I knew is because I looked at IMDb beforehand. But man, it was weird. Yeah. Um, Armand Asante, which we talked about in Private Benjamin. We did in our first we season. Did. He was in Private Benjamin, also in Fatal Instinct, um, and then Diane Lane. The kind great Diane Lane. A bigger name in the 90s than I think now. I just um, read an article from, I think it was the New York Times, about how women are obsessed with Diane Lane. Really? Like a, it was an ar- literally an a d- article devoted to the fact that women across the board love Diane Lane. Hmm. And I, I mean, I, that's great. I think she's wonderful. I don't know. I, I, I don't really like... I kind of skimmed it, so I couldn't yeah. tell you exactly. But Women at home that are listening right now, all five of you... Can you tell us if you love Diane Lane? Yeah, can you call us and, and tell us or, or maybe email us? And yeah. Tell us if you love. Give us your Diane Lane stories. Give us your best Diane Lane impression. <laughs> this is going to be like the last time we asked for an Elijah Wood impression. Oh, goodness. Because no one can do yeah. either. So How do you do that? I, don't, I have no idea. But anyway, Diane Lane. Yeah. Uh, the budget for this was $70 million and Gabe worldwide. This movie made $113.5 million. This movie do good job. <laughs> what voice was that? Wait, uh, this movie do good job. Why do I feel like I've heard that before? I, I don't know. I don't know. Have I thought it was in this movie before? for some reason. <laughs> oh, one, one of the Angels Brothers. I, I was know. not quoting anything. I was just <laughs> being stupid. This movie do good job. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a success. 
I, I would say so. Yeah. It's a success. And I think because it had Stallone. And Stallone was a huge name, especially at this time. You know, he obviously made Rocky in the 70s, but they were continuing to make some sequels throughout and had some other big projects in between. So he was kind of the pinnacle of action movie at this point, him and, and Schwarzenegger. It's interesting, too, because Judge Dredd is a British comic book. Yeah. So it wasn't really known in the U.S. I mean, I guess probably among comic book nerds. Maybe it was sold here, but like yeah. it wasn't... He wasn't culturally like big figure. Yeah, not like a Batman movie. So I'm surprised. I had a Judge Dredd action figure, and I don't know if it was because of this movie or if I just had it. Probably it had to be. Yeah. Like, why else would you have a Judge Dredd action figure? I don't know. I feel like this movie in general was just one of those things that you just kind of own on VHS. Like it just comes with the VHS. Interesting. You know? like, just take this, please. Yeah, I never see. I never saw it as a kid. Really? Uh, always, always was aware of it. But yeah. just never watched it. So. All right. Yeah. You were in for a shock. <laughs> the tagline is, one man is judge, jury, and executioner. Judge Dredd. <laughs> so the fact that I alluded to earlier was that the director, Danny Cannon, was so disheartened over his constant creative disputes with Sylvester Stallone yeah. that he swore he would never again work with an, a, a big-name actor. He also claimed that the final version was completely different from the script due to changes Stallone demanded. So weird, right? Stallone didn't... I also read Stallone didn't know who Judge Dredd was who so was offered the role. Yeah. So why did he have so much creative control of the movie? Was it his movie? I was reading that he thought that it should be more funny than it was. Yeah, he thought it was going to be a comedy. Yeah. Which is why he offered Rob Schneider the role. But yeah. why did he offer Rob Schneider the role? Because at this point, I think he was getting into producing and directing, okay. which obviously that's what he's big for now. So he had a hand in, and... somehow in, this, oh. in the creation of this film. Well, and I think at this time, you see these big-name actors taking more creative license over movies than they do now, probably for the most part. I think there are still some actors who probably have a big hand in the way that the film turns out. Yeah. But I think in the nineties you saw a lot of like Schwarzenegger and you saw a lot of Stallone and you saw a lot of these other actors that were like, I want this done this way. And if you don't do it this way, I'm gone. Yeah. Well, it's just weird that, uh, sly Stallone (laughs) thought that this was going to be, a comedy probably yeah. should have read the comics a little bit more and maybe there's funny stuff in the comics but like he hired rob schneider to be this goofball sort of like tension valve of just releasing tension for no reason i think in the comics fergie rob schneider's character is a much more important figure mm-hmm. he like runs the underworld he's like a criminal mastermind type <laughs> of a person and you would not get that impression <laughs> from this film. in this movie he's just sort of there to, he's just there to make you laugh yeah and uh, in the '90s, that probably worked. Today, it doesn't. No, he didn't. Do, he didn't make me laugh. This film is so campy, which some people are going to love. And yeah. I mean, I guess it has its merits. It's just so bad, it's funny in some parts. Yeah, it's uh, it's a big budget. I mean, seventy mils, no small change. No, and and it's just for '95. Even for '95, it doesn't look that good. No, it doesn't. It looks so cheesy. Mm-hmm. And did you know design the costumes? Did you see that pop up on the TV? No. For uh, for a special word, I'm going to choose fabulous. Gianni Versace really designed the dread, huh. the cop uniforms. Now they're exactly like they are in the comics. So that's why everything was skin tight and yeah. showed oh. every curve on the human body. Oh yeah, <laughs> and the giant gold ridiculous shoulder pads that oh, are goodness. so obviously plastic. Yeah, I mean they're just ridiculous. Everything about the movie is insane, but yeah. the 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 Judge Dread outfit 
Now, if you look, look it up, there's beautiful art from the comics. Mm-hmm. And the costumes are different in the comics. Someone tell me this. In the comics, they have green arm like gloves and green boots. And then the rest of the outfit is like you see in the movie, black with gold. Doesn't Color match doesn't exist was here. Was it black or was it navy? That's a good question. I think it's navy. Maybe it is navy. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, maybe you're right. Navy, yeah, I think you are right. Mm-hmm. But uh, Versace. Yeah, yeah, interesting, right? That is interesting. And yeah. I saw they were nominated for some Saturn Awards. And you can, so good for them. You can tell it's Versace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I don't have a lot of notes, surprisingly, about what? the breakdown of this film. <laughs> it just seems like everything's kind of loosely brought together by a bunch of big action set pieces. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about the general story. Of we course. don't have to talk about the the filmmaking. I mean, the, the oh, mo- I have notes. Oh, oh, good. Okay. <laughs> well, I like the way the movie opened. Uh, yeah. I think maybe some inspiration from Marvel with the whole comic book flippy flip. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I know you're not a Marvel movie fan. No, that's fine. But no, uh, R.I.P. Stanley. Nineteen ninety five is kind of current. <laughs> yeah, not a lot of superhero movies at the time, and this opened up with the whole flipping through a comic book. Except it was literally a camera filming a comic book yeah. being flipped through fast so that was kind of cool I, yeah. I saw some tie in there maybe they inspired the the whole marvel thing danny cannon coming out the gate hot and whose voice do you hear right as the film opens oh james earl james earl jones james earl gray <laughs> <laughs> sipping his tea uh, no james earl has to read to us because we're so stupid that he loves that he, reading he, scrolling he, he yeah graphics yeah we can't read those anymore it's his thing because we're dumb even in 95 we couldn't read them yeah so the film opens with Fergie, who is Dan Schneider. We mentioned that before. Returning Dan, home. Dan Schneider? <laughs> or what did I say? Dan, you said Dan oh, Schneider. Oops. Who's sorry. Dan Schneider? I meant Rob Schneider. Okay, Rob. I Dan, think there is a Dan Schneider somewhere. Maybe Dan is Rob Schneider. Wow. That'd be a twist. Yeah, yeah. Um, Fergie returns home from jail, and he is assigned a living space called Heavenly Haven. That's the beginning of this act. It ends with Dredd being tried in court for murder. And it's found that his DNA is linked to the scene. So how do we get there, Gabe? So there's a huge riot happening in the streets. Yep. We don't really know why. Just happens. Uh, so this is this is a dystopian future. The world is burning, and there's resources that are lacking. And we're in Mega City One, which yeah. is basically New York City with like. I don't know, a hundred mile radius. They, built, they managed to build so much around the around amp- or the uh, on the water Statue of Liberty. Yeah, they, they did. The Statue <laughs> of Liberty is dead center of the of the the city. They must have paved over the water. I guess so. Yeah, Rob Schneider is coming back from prison. He gets assigned to live in this area, and the film kicks off. Doesn't really make any sense. He gets no. back from prison. He goes to his new apartment, and there's a there's a a block war is what I'm going to call it. So yeah, gangs of New York style. Just corruption and chaos. That's also what the movie calls it. So. Oh, they do call it a block war? Yeah. Then that's probably so why on, I call it a block <laughs> war. <laughs> so you're a genius. I thought I was smart, uh, <laughs> but really it's just what my, my ears heard. So yeah, sorry to cut you off here, but the block war is happening. Rob goes to his apartment and uh, the judges are called in. The judges are called in. There's two of them, Hershey and the no-name that gets shot. <laughs> um, Hershey becomes a, a big character later on. That's Diane Lane. Diane Lane. They're calling in backup. They're like, oh, we were getting shot at. We got to bring people in. Who else shows up? Judge Dredd. The law. He stands perfectly just far away enough for the gun blast. He's like, the gun blast shoots 250 meters from the top of the thing, and I'm standing here, so you're perfectly safe. Yeah. It, it, he's, yeah. 
I don't so know. he's the best cop he ever. Should, he should have been murdered right off the bat, <laughs> but he somehow lived. Just gets shot in the head right away. Yeah. Um, can so, I just can I make a note here? Yeah. Uh, the motorcycles they ride, the most impractical motorcycle <laughs> you've ever seen in your life. They're like a well, car. When flies and they're, they're, yeah. they're, it's like a it's like one of those. Uh, they're li- they're as wide as one of those smart cars that you see today. They're <laughs> that wide. Yeah. They're so wide. They're Shaped so like impractical. You could not drive them. They're yeah. slow and clunky and ugly. And how are you going to fit through those tight city streets? Another fact that I was reading um, is that they made these custom bikes for those, and they were actually too powerful for the actors to use. So oh, wow. only the stuntmen could use them. So they gave the actors a lower kind of horsepower, like moped version oh, that they could use. Whenever that's they had really to. funny. Yeah. yeah, that's sort of the Dark Knight. Like uh, the the guy on the bike in the Dark Knight the whole time is not Christian Bale, obviously, yeah. but it was like so hard to control he couldn't. Anyway, these are way less cool than that. Yeah, yeah. So, these are really clunky and bad. They're really ugly, yeah. Um, so what happens at this point is Judge Dredd and Hershey and the other person um, go up to the building where Rob Schneider is kind of holed up in this room with these criminals that are shooting down at Judge Dredd. I, I'm still unclear. Were they just squatting in his room? Why did he go in the room? It's, Why was he there? So I guess in this society, if you were a criminal, you're put in this neighborhood or it, there's like a rank system, right? He flies over a super nice pool, yeah. which was kind of a cool shot. I think that's Heavenly Haven. And his yeah. pilot says, right. And no. he's like, yeah, right, you're dreaming, pal. It's like all these beautiful people swimming and drinking. And mm-hmm. and he's he like scratches at the window trying to be funny, like, I want to go to there. And uh, he ends up in the ghetto, and, and <clears throat> I guess he just is supposed to live. It, it's, it's a problem I have this movie. that He shows up, and they're just in this fight, and these guys are just killing each other and then they mm. shoot at the judges it's just kind of chaos yeah and they they, they call him a spy well he's like are you a judge spy and he's like yeah. no i'm just here they take him hostage and he yeah, just, he's like handing them bullets it's and, a weird scene it yeah. doesn't really make a lot of sense but judge dread breaks in uh he goes i am the lord he breaks in and this is where we get introduced to like the campy aspects right away because yeah they have these futuristic pistols that are semi-automatic but also grenade launchers and flare launchers and oh yeah they do everything the double want, blaster the, uh, it's called the lawgiver two yeah that's the name of the gun so what did the lawgiver one do yeah i don't know, I I don't w- know. why is it called two I why weren't know. we introduced to the first one let's be a solid movie and have some <laughs> uh, some scriptural maturity here yeah. anyway continue but anyway um he there's a scene the scene where he breaks in and he's shooting at these guys and he you know, he shoots at a bunch of them and kills them, and he like goes behind the wall and he says, "Uh, double blaster, activate!" And then like he comes back in and shoots like two bullets at once. And I don't know. Yeah. I, it's like I guess it's cool. You're showing us this cool gun. What I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> the, these guys are taking out judges, and I think he does rapid fire. He leans in and shoots them all. Yeah. And then he does one that doesn't make. He goes armor piercing. Yeah. And he shoots through a gun. He shoots through a gun, but the whole the guy's whole body is exposed. <laughs> he could have just shot him in the face. Yeah, he was wearing like a tank top. <laughs> he or could something. have shot him in the chest. <laughs> and he he just felt the need to to get out his armor piercing. Got to show off. And, that the, and cool then the last tech. one is really cheesy. It's like big boom or big daddy with Adam Sandler or something. Yeah. Big big something. <laughs> yeah. And he yeah. 
He, I, I just want to say, he murders a lot of people in the opening scene. But <laughs> he does it in the name of the law. In Gabe. the name of the law. In the name of the law. Which, you know, I think we could talk about a lot with our society today and the, and the power that cops have. And yeah. No, let's not go there. Never yeah. mind. Let's, I mean, just, let's keep this campy. We could use some Judge Dreads if you want to get out there. I, I, th- I think we have too many Judge Dreads uh, <laughs> oh, right okay. now is what I'm saying. Too quick to action is yeah, what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, Because gotcha. he, he, as we see, he gets sort of like lambasted for his... You know, off the cuff, mm-hmm. itchy trigger finger. You know, chill out, judge. Chill judge. out. Chillax. Um, so Fergie gets away, but um, Judge Dredd ends up finding him and and basically sends him back to jail. Um, this is the point where we start to get introduced to the city council, essentially, which is a bunch of judges that are retired and kind of just work in the government now and make big decisions. Yes. Um. So Judge Fargo, who becomes not an important character later on, but you think he might be at some <laughs> point. Um, he's against more execution, but Judge Griffin, who is kind of his foil in the movie, um, is very pro-execution. So he's saying, no, we need to start killing all these people that are starting these block wars because that's how you stop crime. Judge Fargo's much more, I think, about um, recreation and, and fixing people. Yeah, he wants uh, Dredd to come in for ethics classes. Yes. Because he's a little, like I said, a little hot on, hot on the trigger there. and Hot on the trigger, but also he knows the law. He thinks that he's the best person for the job to teach ethics to the upcoming judge class. Correct, correct, correct. Um, also, at this point, we get introduced to Rico, who is the villain of the film. Um, and he's a disgraced judge that frees himself from prison. Um, he, I don't really know why this person got so close to him when he knows that he's evil, but he ends up shooting this guy who comes to meet him and then shoots all these guards. The, the, the warden, yeah. yeah. The warden of the pri- The warden thinks he's in cahoots with him and he ends up murdering the war- warden, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, he escapes from prison and Rico goes to pick up this war robot that's mm-hmm. been decommissioned. And his gun and his badge. And his gun and his badge. All his old stuff. He's wa- a, yeah, he's a disgraced judge. I just want to say... <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I couldn't redo that if I tried. I just, I just want to say, this is ripped right out of Blade Runner. Did you? Yeah. I mean, much no. of much of this movie is. This film is a Blade Runner wannabe copy, even though it has source material that predates Blade Runner. Yeah. But the way that they created the world is just like the, <laughs> you were clearly stealing a lot of liberties. Rico Rico escapes from prison, and then the next scene, it's like Chinatown, neon. It's mm-hmm. raining, and he's walking in the rain. It's it's so Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. It out Blade Runner's Blade Runner, <laughs> and then you're like, come on, like yeah. Blade Runner came out in the '80s, and this is ten years later. And have your own vision of future society. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. but I haven't read the comics. As you said, there is source material, mm-hmm. but it's a little. A little on the nose. A little on the nose. Um, so Dredge, uh, Dredge, <laughs> <laughs> Judge Dredge. <laughs> <laughs> like when? Uh, what is dredging? Is that when you like uh, dredging? Your 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 truck. Is that a cooking term? Dredge. I feel like you're, to co- dredge? you're cooking something. You're We're like, uneducated. I know trudging is like a, the long. What does he say in a, a Knight's Tale? The long weary walk of a man who knows he's gonna. You're uneducated, but you know what trudging is. Yeah, yes. Chaucer goes trudging in A Knight's Tale. Watch <laughs> it. Anyway, um, so Rico sneaks out into town, grabs his old gear, and he kills a journalist um, to keep a story from getting out about some DNA 
uh, yeah, technology sure. that the city council's yeah, using. Uh, he looks like Judge Dredd when he does it. He's wearing yeah. a badge that says Dredd, I think. So, Dredd, uh, I almost did it again. Dredd is arrested for this crime um, because there's security camera footage that pins him to the scene of the crime. Um, Judge Fargo questions Dredd and believes that he's innocent. So yeah. he looks, he says, I just need to look into your eyes and see for myself. Yes, yes. And so, yeah. He you think he might be free. He might be good to go. That's right. And 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 I want to say, Stallone's eyes in this film are, are so gorgeous. Oh, my goodness. Contacts. They're beautiful. Contacts. They're... I mean, because uh, he, he's clearly wearing blue. Is he? He looks like an Aryan, <laughs> but he's not blonde. Isn't he's... he blue-eyed? Uh, I don't know. But he and Rico, you can tell they're, they're wearing the same contacts. Oh, okay. We find out later in the film how they came to be, but his eyes are... There's a lot of close-up shots of his face in this movie. Did yes. you notice that? Well, I mean, his beautiful. Is, he's a face. good. He's a handsome guy. Well, yeah. it was a it was a hot topic because in the comics, Dredd never takes his helmet off. Mm -hmm. Maybe mm -hmm. once or twice, but that's a, that was like a big deal. Apparently, why would you show us? You're his not going to bring in this A-list star and not show his face. Exactly. Exactly. He, he he costs too much. This is Hollywood. This is Hollywood. This is Hollywood. So Dredd um, basically implores Hershey, who is a judge that we mentioned earlier that becomes more important throughout the movie, um, to represent him in court because she knows the law the best out of any of the judges. Um, the only trouble is that these futuristic judge pistols in the future... The Lawgiver 2. The Lawgiver 2. Um, are, ...are linked to DNA, and they only work when a specific person holds them... Um, so the defense kind of pulls this out or the, yeah. um, the prosecution pulls this out in the last second and says, no, you were there. The pistol is linked to you. It's your DNA. And this is when Sylvester Stallone kicks into high gear. Oh, goes, yeah. I am the law. You gotta believe me. He says, I never broke the law. I am the law. <laughs> and that's what I'm going to be doing now from now on. Anytime anyone <laughs> accuses me of anything, any of my wife gives me any any guff any about, of my wives <laughs> any of my wives tell me i didn't take the trash out you know yeah. what i'm gonna say i never broke the law i am the law that's what it's i'm gonna do it's just so great yeah that's my new catchphrase because he explodes he he is he loves the law yeah he why does he love the law so much but also it's just this moment for Sir, sylvester stallone to just freak out he does he freak loves out. that you can tell from the beginning of this movie i wrote in my notes it's so campy when he when he first shows up, mm -hmm. when he does the whole "I am standing approximately three hundred feet from the fire" and blah blah, yeah. and, he, and his microphone comes down and he's he's like, "You're under arrest." <laughs> he's having fun. Oh you yeah, you can you can tell he thinks this is like a goofy, campy comedy, <laughs> and in his brain, he thought that's what it was going to be, and it turned out to be that way inadvertently. Yeah, but I think he thought it was going to be like this fun sci-fi buddy cop movie, which it ends up being half. Halfway true, yeah, halfway true. Yeah. But you can tell he's not—he's not giving a serious. Uh, it, it was hard because in some scenes he is, and other scenes you're like, he's not. But here, he's giving it 110. Oh. percent He's chewing. He's chewing the scenery. I never sure. broke the law. the law. See, that's good. Is that good. That's much better than mine. Okay, I, I mean, like you yours. Should, you should do the impressions. I like yours. Or is it that they're so bad? That's why I do them. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I like you to do okay. them. Anyway, he—he's found guilty. Yeah. The punishment is death. Except, except the the uh, the the bad guy, uh, Judge Griffin. Judge Griffin says, "Hey, Judge Fargo, remember the name character named Fargo? Mm -hmm. Wink, wink, nod, nudge, go. nudge. 
He says you can uh, you can save Judge Dredd if you step down, if you leave your post. Mm-hmm. And there's this weird ceremony that we're supposed to know exists. It's where, called the Long Walk. Yeah, <laughs> they did reference it before this. To be fair, they did, fair. but you don't know. Well, I'm just saying we don't know this world. Like, yeah. the Long Walk means that a judge has to step down and literally be banished into exile forever. Why the not cursed the cursed oh, plane? Why not just it? retire them in a nice apartment? <laughs> why do they have to like they have to go outside the city gates, the city walls, and and they're given a gun it's symbolic gabe i guess i mean they're he, he has to walk through through the, the the wasteland for the rest of his life but it ends up being important it's a story point and, until he dies <laughs> <laughs> spoilers gabe. oh sorry 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 so judge griffin like you said tells judge fargo to to send himself on the long walk and to pardon dread um dread ends up getting life imprisonment instead of death which is what he was initially um, you know, pegged with. Yeah, so they, they, they say if you take the long walk, you can make one last request. Yeah. And the judge's, Fargo's last request is to treat judge... Uh, Which isn't pardon dread. It, it, right. <laughs> it, yeah, well, well, I think it has to be within reason. It can't okay. be like, just pardon him. I think he says, just treat him with leniency. If our U.S. president can pardon <laughs> anyone he wants... Judge Griffin That's and true. Judge Fargo can, par- can pardon whoever they want. That right? He pardons a turkey every year, and it works. <laughs> so why wouldn't it work That's here? True. You know what I'm saying? That's, that must be the best turkey job in the world. Although oh. I'm sure at some point that turkey gets eaten. Yeah, probably. Anyway, so that's the beginning of Act 2. The end of Act 2, um, Rico ends up capturing Dredd, Hershey, and Fergie. So the next part after the long walk and, and Dredd getting life imprisonment is that Hershey does some digging, right? Mm-hmm. She looks around, she goes into Dredd's locker, and she finds a picture yes. of um, um, Armando Sante, Rico's character, with a baby and a wife. wife. And she's like, what could this What's possibly happening be? happening here? Anyway, that's it. <laughs> she, well, she, well it, no, that's not the picture. She finds a picture of Dredd with I thought Rico. it was Rico. Well, no, it's, it's, it's them. It's, it's, it's not the baby picture. She she sees oh, okay. a picture of Dread with another guy and she's like, "Who's?" Oh, the... it's underneath the picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's she, right. She's like, yeah. "Who is this guy?" Can no. I just say here, you have to watch this to get this note. The photo does not look like either of them. No, at all. It looks like a weird amalgamation of them. It really does. It, Which maybe it, is purposeful. Maybe, but I was like, well, "Who are those guys?" But and it's Dread and and Rico. But mm-hmm. anyway, so she does some digging. She's like, "Who is this dude?" Um, and then it turns out that it's well, we're not there yet, but yeah, continue. Um, Fergie ends up running into Dread on the plane to the penitentiary. They're together. Fergie recognizes him and basically outs him and says, "Oh, you're Judge Dread." He does something kind of funny actually and like puts his hand up over. Oh yeah, his he covers face his face and, like, just to like, see his, like his helmet. Yeah, I thought that was actually pretty funny. Um, so some dude tries to shank him after he figures out who he is. He, he says it's payback because it's someone he put in prison. Yeah, he put a lot of people in prison. He is the best judge. He is the best judge. But this is where we get introduced to the Angels, the Angel family, who is a <laughs> hillbilly group that lives in the Cursed Land that is like vaguely religious. And yeah, like a cult almost. Yeah. It's like four dudes. And kind of Hills Have Eyes-ish. Yeah, and they're led by an actor named Scott Wilson, who mm-hmm. is Herschel in The Walking Dead. If you know, if you watch that show, but it's funny because he's uncredited in this movie. But it's like, really, hey, that's Herschel from The Walking Dead, which is weird because he has like ten minutes of screen time. Yeah, I, I think he's uncredited. Okay, but I, he's like the last person listed in the cast, and I think it's like a separation on IMDb that says he's uncredited. Anyway, yeah. continue. Um, so these hillbillies end up shooting down the transport plane that is taking the uh, prisoners to the penitentiary. 
Um, and this is a bad structure, I think. They kind of go back and forth between Hershey piecing together what this picture is. She gets like a young judge to do some digital compositing to figure out that it's a fake picture of a baby. Right. And then they go back to the Angel family. It's weird. I just would have liked to stay with the Angel family for longer because they're the most interesting part of this film. Even though they have no real consequence whatsoever no, other than all. other than almost killing judge just bullet fodder yeah and a little bit of suspense and, and it also structurally it doesn't really make any sense because the government right the cops they're not judges but they're like the the bad guys forces i i don't know mm. they show up to the crash after the the, the prison plane prison transport's been shot down and uh the bad guys like no survivors please so they go and they shoot everyone on the plane he wants mm. he wants dread to be dead in this accident, but how they know there was an accident? Number one, mm-hmm. if the angel family is totally separate, they're just wanderers and vagabonds. And it turns out they're cannibals, which is why they shot the plane down mm-hmm. so they could eat these people. And I'm just saying, why was the government there so quick? How did they know uh, their future futuristic minority d- report, computer yeah, they systems knew. were linked to their brains? Yeah, and, yeah. Okay. Anyway, easily explained, Gabe. Right. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> just, they were right there as soon as it was shot down. Make it look like an accident. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so Fergie and Dredd and I'm getting taken uh, hostage by the Angel family who, who are actually, like I said, very unique and cool in the entire scheme of this film. Um, there's one called The Mean Machine, which is a guy with a giant blade for an arm. Yeah, he's in the comics too. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's very cool. He has a dial on his head that um, tunes his anger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can turn like zero to 10 or whatever you do. And so if you turn it to 10, he's super angry. And a zero, he's not angry. Um, but essentially, Fergie and Dredd end up freeing themselves from these guys. Um, and Judge Fargo shows up and shoots one. Yes. To Saves save his life. To save Dredd. So that's Fargo's. That's how they wrap him up. And then he gets stabbed in the yeah. back. Yep. By a mean machine. Also, want to say this movie has way too many devices, the same device, where someone shoots somebody from behind mm-hmm. in the back at the last second. Yep. You can do that once or twice. This movie does it probably five times. Yeah. And Judge Fargo doing it is one. Yeah. And it, dro- it drove me... I was like, stop it. Stop <laughs> saving people by shooting them from stop behind. Stop trying to make me feel anxious. Stop showing up at the last moment. It happens over and over and over all the way to the very end of the film. <laughs> and you're like, the come on. The last scene does Literally, involve somebody scene. showing up last second yes. and shooting someone. Um, so yeah, Fergie and Dredd make it back to the city, um, through an incinerator tube. But you have to learn quickly, Fargo, as he's dying in Judge Dredd's arms, explains yeah. to him his origin story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does not have parents. He was created in the lab yeah. by DNA to be the perfect judge. And there were two people created, him and Rico. So Rico, they are actually yeah. brothers. brothers. And you're like, oh, I had no idea. <laughs> Even though it's not that cool. Anyway, yeah. so now they go back to the city to get back in. And conquer Rico and and, and they... Rico has also been launching terrorist attacks on Judge HQ, killing judges. He killed about a hundred of them. I think it was like ninety-two. It was a very yeah. specific number. Another weird question is like Hershey is somewhere in the city, mm-hmm. and there's like a bomb randomly. Like a hundred judges have been killed already. Yeah, and she's like, she calls for like back. She calls HQ, and they they don't mention it at all. And I get yeah. I guess the way you justify that is that everyone's under Rico's control now. Yeah. Like maybe you know, like whatever. But I was like, Who how does she? How, why didn't they say, "Get out of the city! You're about to die!" And then a bomb is, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, 
Um, so Dredd finds Rico, but Griffin helps him escape. There's a big chase scene um, over like the skyline of the city that was kind of cool. For 95, oh, maybe looked, that looked okay. Uh, it looked so bad. Well, nowadays. Really? But for 95, I, I don't mean, know, come man. Come on. Like, Star Wars came out in the 70s, and it looks better than this. But, I don't know. Star Wars, for the most part, is smaller scale than this, I think. Oh, Cause, uh, because you have all the buildings in the city. You have all these bikes. They did know. have a lot of stuff in the background. Yeah. I think it looked okay for 95. Uh, it, it was. There were moments, though, where they would jump off of a ledge and drop and it was hard to watch like it yeah. looked really bad for 70 million really bad you have to imagine a quarter of that was going to stallone so yeah more than that probably it, it, what looked really good in the movie is if there was a stationary shot and there were other vehicles like a taxi would whiz by yeah. that was a good relatively good cgi for 95 but when they're on the bike it's green screen the whole time and it looks really bad well it's hard to compete with movies like flubber that it came out around the same time so <laughs> what can i say um, Rico uses the DNA sampler that they've been using to create these perfect clones of the city council. A really bad plot line that I don't really want to get into that was kind of a throwaway. Doesn't go anywhere. Um, but anyway, Rico uses that to create clones of himself. Um, so there's like eight of him now, but they don't end up being important. No, it's so nothing. stupid. It, it, they set you up to think they're going <laughs> to be... so stupid. They, they make you think there's going to be a cool battle where Dredd has to fight clones. Yeah. And it doesn't happen. No, you see one look out of a <laughs> yes. tube, and that's it. One sits up, and he's like, and then <laughs> nothing happens. <laughs> um, so Rico has his robot kill Griffin. He says, rip his arms and legs off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, 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 and then there's blood on the ground, and it's this big oh, robot. Boy. Even though the robot's the slowest moving thing in the world, they, it's so it's such bad. I kind of like the way they looked, though. Oh, he looked amazing. Yeah, the robot. Cool. The robot is super cool looking. Yeah, and it, I think in the trivia, it was operated by like ten people. Oh, really? Yeah, like it, it's so clunky. Oh, I just assumed it was all CGI. The the big robot? Yeah. No, that thing's totally real. Really? Yeah. That's cool. It doesn't look like CGI. No way. Puppet. Sometimes he it's, does. It's a puppet, yeah. Yeah. And uh, but it's so like clunky and goofy. But so they have to. If you watch, it's funny to watch because the way they film it, it's always stationary. Yeah. And it's like its arms will move, but they'll never show it walking across a room, mm-hmm. doing anything action packed. It's always kind of like stuck, yeah. <laughs> stuck in one spot. Pick this person up and rip them apart. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, so we're moving into Act Three here after Fergie, Dredd, and Hershey get captured by Rico. Um, Rico reveals his clones to Dread again. We said it doesn't go anywhere, which is so stupid because right. you want to see Dread fight these eight clones. Yes, you want to see that. It doesn't happen. Um, Fergie ends up disarming the robot. He pulls the wires out of his head, so that gets rid of a big, you know, threat. Um, Rico makes the computer release the clones early again. Nothing happens. Dread throws Rico off the head of the Statue of Liberty, and again, a, a thing that we haven't really been quoting. Courts oh, yeah. adjourned. Courts adjourned. Courts adjourned. And can we just talk about quotes in this movie for a second? Sure, let's do it. So you have things like, I'll be back. Yeah. Like super monumental cultural yep. quotes that yes. are just universal and amazing. Yeah. In this, Judge Dredd's thing is that he always says, I knew you'd say that. Why is that? 
cool. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it it's is. It's not. It's not. He doesn't have precognition. Cognition. He doesn't know what you're going to say. <laughs> so why is it? Why does he? I think I think it's because he's a judge. Yeah. And initially in the movie, people say, I didn't do it or I'm innocent. And he's like, I thought you'd say that or I knew you'd say that. that like, that's what everyone says. Yeah. Because he's a judge. It's whenever he's handing down a sentence. Correct. When he's about to kill somebody and they're like, they give like their last gasp. Yeah, they're like, yeah, don't yeah. do this or like, uh, I don't know. I can't remember anything else in the film. Yeah. I'm just like, my brain the, is fried. The, the 90s and the early 2000s were, were filled. Well, anyway, to your point, it's not a cool quote to say, I, no. I knew you'd say that. <laughs> it's too long. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It's ridiculous. The 90s were filled with these terrible quotes. As you said, at the end, he's fighting Rico. Of course, their fight takes him to the head of the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. He throws Rico off. And he says, "Court's adjourned." And then <laughs> right before adjourned. that, Rico Rico tries to manipulate him and say, "I'm your only family. Choose side. Be on my side." He says, "I'm the only one who ever liked you." Mm-hmm. And he says, "I'll be the judge of that." <laughs> so, I, I, the '90s are jam packed. Like I cannot wait to watch Batman Forever because oh, yeah. it has so that's many. That's going to be a joy. Oh, that's so <laughs> many. I, I think that's the right one, right? Like the one with Mister Freeze. I think that's the one we're watching. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah it's going to be amazing boy boy the the impersonations that will come out of that one <laughs> um so the, the the kind of denouement of this movie is that dread is acquitted of his crimes they offer him a, a the highest position on the new court that's coming up yeah um but he says no i'm a street judge i'm a street judge uh, and i'm late for work and he just puts on his suit gets on his bike and heads off into the sunset. After an unnecessary kiss from Diane Lane. <laughs> <laughs> Can we also talk about the woman fight? Yes, sure. <laughs> it was just this random woman fight. This so, random uh, violent fight between Diane Lane and, and a woman who worked for Rico. Yeah, so she's like the scientist in charge yes. of the DNA lab. Correct. First of all, why can she fight as well as she does to fight uh, Hershey, a judge who's a trained martial artist? Because she's a stereotypical Asian character in the 90s, so she has to know martial arts. They fought for like a minute. <laughs> 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was insane. It was so much screen time. It was. Anyway, Judge Dredd. So final thoughts here. <laughs> you have to love how absurd and awful it is. Yeah. It, that's really all you can take away from this movie. There's there's nothing redeemable. You're watching this because you know it's going to be a train wreck. It's not a good movie. No. Stallone took control from Danny Cannon. Who knows? Maybe Danny Cannon could have made a great film if his artistic vision was completely realized and didn't have anyone stepping in the way and making this a almost a buddy cop movie. But there are just moments in this film where you just have to like hang your head and just just laugh at it. Um, yeah. the, the score is actually pretty great. It's just one of those typical '90s action film scores that is sweeping and is is um, you know huge and, and great. But that's pretty much it. There's not really any great performances. I mean, Armand Asante, I thought was a pretty yeah, good he, villain. Yeah, he does a good job for yeah. what he was given. I, I was curious as to why he had a Brooklyn accent the whole time. He's just Armand uh, Asante. I don't know. Uh, in, in a futuristic world, that when you're a clone, <laughs> why uh, change it? <laughs> yeah, it's why a, fix what's, bro- what's you know, uh, what works? But that that's okay. Yeah, um, that's it for me. Um, watch it with friends to laugh at. That's it. Yeah, I, I a quick technical note. I hate the sound design in this movie. Now, the, so loud, so loud, and the guns. I hate the way the guns sound. It was this 90s 
bad explosions. And, yeah, well, but it was also this really shallow, like sci-fi bullet sound. It's not mm-hmm. it carries no weight. And I want this to be Blade Runner uh, 2049, 2049, 2049. with uh, Ryan Gosling's gun. That's like the best sound design of a gun mm. I've ever heard. Great movie. Uh, this is like this weird sci-fi. It's not yeah. good. I don't like it. Anyway, this is a goofball movie. Uh, Rob Schneider is is not not funny. That's fine. Um, I just don't see the point. If this was a series of movies, if it was Judge Dread one, two, and three, mm-hmm. then this story would fit into the Judge Dread world. Do you want three of these? No, <laughs> I don't. But I'm just saying, it's like you're asking us to care about this episode in Judge Dredd's life, and we don't know anything about him, and it, it works, but it like it, it's not. It, we just it's not. We want to see the prequel. We do. We want to mm-hmm. see. Want to see some Rico the origin act. story. Yeah, come on. So, and, and so that that didn't happen. But mm. yeah, I would say make a drinking game out of it if yeah. you have to something. But yeah, don't watch it. It's not worth it. I would say watch the new one, which I haven't seen, but it's got to be way better. Just by just. Yeah. 2012, 2013. I've heard it's good. I've heard it's way closer to the comic. Gritty. Yeah. yeah. Um, Carl Urban is in it, who I like. So watch, yeah. watch that. Uh, not Keith Urban. No, not Keith Carl, Urban. Carl. <laughs> It'd be great if Keith Urban was in it. Because <laughs> then we could tie it back to Nicole Kidman, who we talked oh, about wow. last week, who was in uh, that, that murder movie. You're a pro, man. Yeah, I know, right? Link that back that quickly. Um, so yeah, the consensus here is watch it with friends, make a drinking game. Every time you see Stallone's close-up of his eyeballs, you drink. <laughs> his beautiful Aryan eyeballs. And you're blasted. All right, Gabe, so that's it for Judge Dredd. We're going to go ahead and get into our movie draft now. Let's do it. Today, we're going to go ahead and do Best Future Cop Film, which is a pretty broad category. I think that we could be pretty lenient in which we accept as a futuristic cop film here. Yeah, Um, so it's it's not the coolest cop. It's the coolest cop film. Futuristic cop film. Futuristic cop. Anything. They don't have to be cool. They can be whoever they want to be. R- yeah, right. But yeah. just your preferred futuristic cop movie. Yes. Okay, got yes. it. Our lists. Um, we don't know who won the second week, so <laughs> we're just going to roll with it. You went first last time, so I'm going to roll. F- I'm going to go first this time. All right, here, hit me. I have number one pick, and there is an obvious number one. You got to take it if it's on the board, and that is Blade Runner. All right, that's a good choice. Uh, Rick, Rick Deckard. You're mm-hmm. talking about the original Blade Runner. Talking about the OG, yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, I think that I, I think that if I take a Blade Runner, I get the Blade Runner universe, right? Uh, sure, I'll give you that. I, okay. I, I thought the the uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine was gonna be. I, I had that on the list in case I needed to pull it out mm-hmm. because I think Ryan Gosling is such a cool character yeah. in that movie. So I think I, you get the universe, so you can't do like. The second Men in cool. Black or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah, perfect, you wouldn't, perfect. but <laughs> oh, yeah, you wouldn't do that. Uh, <laughs> right, uh, but yeah, you. Harrison Ford giving us Rick Deckard, the classic. Oh yes, Blade Runner, great film. Your first and second pick, Gabriel. Uh, my first pick is going to be Corbin Dallas from The Fifth Element. Okay, played by Bruce Willis. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. That movie came out in '97. If yes. you're going to watch that or Judge Dread, <laughs> watch that because that movie's wonderful. Oh yes. Uh, also has Chris Tucker in it, who we're going to be talking about next week, mm. uh, and it's great. So Corbin Dallas, that character from The Fifth Element. Um, and then this is a t- this is a toss up for me. I, I have to either I have to consider the film nerds, mm-hmm. and then consider the movies that I think are going to be more popular. This is hard. I'm going to go with Agents J and K from Men in Black. Okay, that's a solid choice. 
I have other choices that I also think could work. I'm just going to pick one and, and roll with it. So, okay. Yeah. Men in Black. Mm, Men in Black. What a great film. It's it's pretty good. You don't it, you don't like the first one? Was, I do. I love I love the first one. It was a game changer. Yeah. It was a special movie. All right. So what I got to go ahead and do here. I think there's another obvious choice at this point in the game. I do too. I think I got to go with Officer Alex J. Murphy and RoboCop. Ah, uh, see, I, I knew RoboCop would be a choice, but I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. And I know it's popular, but you know, I just didn't want to. I've never seen it. Is it good? Do, do you want to take a stab in the dark? I just think that he's a quintessential futuristic kind of future, cop. Future, yeah, futuristic. Well, I mean, cop. his name is RoboCop. Yeah, for crying out loud. So. <laughs> That's fine. That's cool. He's literally a robotic police officer. Yeah. Half is he a is he a half human? Uh I don't remember exactly. It's been I mean, these movies I used to watch a lot of action films when I was a kid. Okay. These kind of Judge Dredd, Robocop type of movies that were really cool and futuristic, but it kind of grew out of them. You know uh, how that goes? Yeah, yeah. All right. So for my last pick, what I'm gonna do here, I'm gonna go ahead a little out left field. Oh yeah. Left field. I'm gonna take Max from Mad Max. That's not left field. That's you don't a, think so? I, that's a strong choice. I would have picked that over uh, Robocop. You think so? Well, now they're both in my lineup. So what are you gonna Boom! do with that? You're gonna win, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> what is your last pick, Gabe? Uh, okay, my last pick. I have a great pick, mm. but you? I'm not gonna pick it, oh. which is confusing because I don't know if it's as popular again. Confused. I'm so I'm so torn up. I'm so tormented. That's what a draft does to you, man. You don't um, know if you got to go right or left. I am going to pick... This is not what I... I'll tell you what I was referring to in a minute, but I'm going to pick this just to maybe play it safe. Since you took Mad Max, which was going to be my last choice, I'm going to take Chief John Anderton from Steven Spielberg's Minority Report. All right. Played Good by choice. Tom Cruise. Good choice. What, what were you going to go with otherwise? So I was thinking... Uh, I, I looked at all these movies. Equilibrium with Christian Bale. Mm. That movie has like a 30% on Metacritic, but I mm-hmm. think it's really fun, and he's such a cool cop in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not really a cop. He, he, well, he, he is in his own way. He like works for the government and starts to feel things. I don't know if you've seen that movie. I haven't seen it. One of the most amazing martial arts gunplay movies that you've ever seen. It's so cool. It's super sci-fi. It's awesome. You should watch Equilibrium. Okay. Great movie. I'll put it on my list. But I also thought about Joe from Looper, uh, Joseph yeah. Gordon-Levitt. I, yeah, I didn't know if we were going to get that lenient with it. Because he's, he's not, not a, cop. a cop. Right, he's not a cop. He's a hitman. Yep. But um, great film. Yeah, and so th- those are all I had. But I'm glad you hit Blade Runner. I'm glad you hit uh, Mad Max. That's that's perfect. Well, so. buddy, I'm glad you hit Fifth Element. No, thanks, man. And thought, Men in Black. Yeah, thank the you. Minority Report. Thank you. I feel, I feel good about my choices. Two good lists here. Two good lists here. Um, again, you know, we want you to get involved. We want you to vote on these things. So we're going to post this as a poll on Facebook and Twitter. Yep. If you want to find us there, you can reach us at Wine, or Rewind Cinema Pod on Facebook and Twitter. You can also reach us at Rewind Cinema Podcast at gmail.com if you just want to send in your vote that way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and send if you want to call us, uh, I think you should. Yeah. Uh, we have so many people who call in. It's really hard to <laughs> pick voicemails each week. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kidding. We have one <laughs> person who calls in. Um, his name is Dan. We love him. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, give us a call at 908-768-26. Yep, and we want to thank Natural Anthem for the use of the music today. You can reach them at naturalanthem.net. We do want to plug our network, ACPN. Check out shows like Childhood Remastered, Retro Cinema, Adventure Club. I'm sure one of those podcasts will touch on Judge Red at some point. Probably, yeah. So you can get their take on it as well. Um, But 
really, Gabe, that, that's it for us that today. That wraps what? it up. I just want to say uh, one last time, I never broke the law. I am the law. <laughs> <laughs> and so until next time, Matt, watch more. Movies. <laughs> oh no! no! Yeah, yeehaw.